0: All right, praise the Lord, praise the Lord, everybody. Prophet is Dawn here, and I am the senior pastor of Light Path Apostolic Agape House of Prayer, and it is my honor and privilege to come. Before you once again on today. God is a good God and He is worthy to be praised. I bring to you another Bible supplement uh, to aid in our study as we continue uh, this chronological Bible review my God, what a mighty God we serve. I thank God for laying the foundation at the very beginning of the developing of this ministry. God is so faithful. He's so awesome. Well, today I wanted to talk about, uh, God's creation. Uh, many of the, um, Many of the scriptures uh, in Genesis uh, link together how God created the heavens and the earth. And it talks about uh, the sequence of how God created the heavens and the earth. And it talks about on the first day, on the second day, on the third day, on the fourth day, on the fifth day. On the sixth day and the seventh day, he rested. <clears throat> and as it talks about God creating man and God creating the uh, uh, vegetation within the earth and the uh, birds and the sky and the and and, and the the fish in the sea and and all of these things and how he parted uh, the earth, parted the water. Uh, in the earth, uh, to create dry land and all of these things, uh, the Bible expressly uh, and and explicitly uh, describes. We also know that in the Bible, uh, there were angels that were created. And so we read about the angels and we read about Satan and we read about the other spirits. But the question is, where where did they come from? When did God uh, make them? When did he create them? The Bible says a lot about them, but, but in order for us to understand just the basics of uh, where they came from, we need to spend a lot of time in study uh, in different places in the Bible in order for us to learn and understand them all. Genesis provides for us a foundation to understand the basic facts around angels and spirits, but we have to get into the word and dig a little bit deeper in order to understand. The Bible does not exclusively or explicitly say uh, exactly when God created the angels But it was during the sixth day of creation when God made everything. So remember when I said oftentimes the things that we don't understand, we try to weaponize it as tools to discount the Bible because of the things that we do not understand. But the Bible is very clear that between the first and the sixth day, God created everything. In Exodus 20 and 11, the word of God says, For in six days God made heaven and earth, the sea, and all that is in them. The word of God says, For in the sixth day the Lord made heaven and earth, the sea, and all that is in them is and rested on the seventh day, wherefore the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and hallowed it. The Bible and the Bible spirits are called by many names. They're called angels or cherubims or seraphim, uh, the holy Heavenly hosts, principalities, powers, stars, rulers of darkness, devils. In John 1 and 3, the word of God says, All things were made by him, and without him was not anything made that was made. Spirits don't have uh, physical bodies like us. They can go Anywhere, but they cannot be everywhere at the same time like God. Sometimes spirits come in the form of humans. I often heard it said, you know, demonic spirits have personalities. This is why when we are um, in, 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 in um, engaged in spiritual warfare, we feel like we're fighting a, fighting a person. Because these spirits have personalities. Spirits were created. Spirits were created to serve God. The very word of angel, the word angel means messenger or servant. Angels absolutely belong to God because he made them and he gave them life. When God created angels, none of them were evil. They were all good. God can only make good things. God cannot make anything evil because he is holy. Psalms 103 and 20 says, Bless the Lord, ye his angels that excel in strength, that do his commandments, hearkening unto his voice. Angels were created to serve God. Angels were very powerful. But they're not omnipotent potent like God. I think the key is we have to understand that God assigns angels to us. And if you recall, when we talked about the authority That we walk in in this day and in this time, God has given us authority to enact the power of the angels. Angels are extremely wise, but they're not omniscient like God. God did not make angels in his image. Yet he made and he created so many angels that we cannot even count them. I did a study once on uh, the inhabitants of heaven and earth. The legalities of how we can uh, live in the earth and how we can live in heaven the Bible tells us about the earth and the heavens, plural. And I believe that the first heaven is where humans and uh, angels and spirits occupy. I do a study on how in order for you to leave one um Don't mention one, heaven, leave heaven uh, and, and leave earth into heaven. My God, my thoughts getting jumbled. You have to have the right suit, the right armor. So angels cannot operate and function in the earth without having the right suit, the right armor. Demonic spirits cannot operate and function in the earth without having the right suit, the right armor. Likewise, humans cannot function in the heavens without the right suit or the right armor. Take, for instance, when we go in outer space, we have to have a space suit on. That's the first heaven. When we go into our resting place, we have to shed our earth suit all together. When we when we die, when we transition from this earth into eternal life. And the inhabitants of the third heaven, which are the angels where where God Uh, uh, where Jesus dwells where God uh, communes. (laughs) It's early this morning. The second heaven where the enemy and his demons dwell. I'll do a study on it one day. But I want us to understand that there are many angels and that God created the angels. And that the angels live in heaven with God and they're powerful, powerful and very wise. We know the most powerful angel to be Lucifer. His name means bright star. And he had power over all of the angels. In Exodus 28, 13 and 15, the word of God says, Thou hast been in Eden, the garden of God. Every precious stone was thy covering. The sardius, topaz, and the diamond, the beryl and the onyx, and the jasper and uh, sapphire and emerald, And the comberco, the gold, the workmanship of thy uh, tablets and thy pipes was prepared in thee. In the day thou was created, thou art the anointed cherub that covereth. And I have set thee so. Thou was upon the holy mountain of God. And have walked up and down in the midst of the stones of fire. Thou was perfect in thy ways. From the day that thou was created till iniquity found in thee. We know that Lucifer was beautiful and he was a powerful angel of God. He became proud because of his beauty, because of his wisdom, because of his position. When we get to Ezekiel. We're going to learn more. About the enemy. And how he was lifted up. Ezekiel 28 and 17. Says thine heart was lifted up. Because of thy beauty. Thou hast corrupted thy wisdom. By reason of thy brightness. I will cast thee to the ground. I will lay thee before kings that that they may behold thee. Lucifer rebelled against God. He wanted to take God's place. Isaiah 14 and 12 says, How thou fallen from heaven, O Lucifer, son of the morning? How art thou cut down to the ground which this didst waken the nations. For thou hast said in thine heart, I will ascend into heaven. I will exalt my throne before the stars of God. I will sit also upon the mount of the congregation in the sides of the north. I will ascend above the heights of the clouds. I will be like the most high. Yet thou have shalt be brought down To hell. To the size of the pit. Lucifer was the first one to ever sin. He was the very first one. God didn't make him sin. God gave him a choice. He gave him a choice. To do evil. So all of these who say well God created the enemy. He created the devil. God creates evil. That's a lie. That's a lie. God is holy. God can only create holiness. It was when iniquity came upon him and Lucifer decided and he chose to sin. And in addition to his sin, many angels decided to follow him and rebelled against God. Yet God being the God that he is, omniscient and omnipresent, being a God who is all-knowing and everywhere all the time, he knew their plans. He knew their thoughts. And therefore God cast Lucifer and the rebellious angels out of heaven. I'm telling you, this thing is deep. We talk about it. We continue to give the enemy the dominion that God never gave him. (laughs) He ruling over them angels that, that, that decided to rebel against God. But he don't have no dominion over man. The devil is a liar. You don't have no power and authority over God's children. We also know uh, that Lucifer is called the devil or Satan, which means the enemy. It means the accuser of man, the accuser of God, devil, accuser of man, Satan, accuser of God. And the angels who followed him, be not uh, uh, deceived. Those angels are no longer angels. They are demons. They are evil spirits. And God has prepared a place for them, the lake of fire, a place of punishment for the devil and his angels, and they will meet their fate. Matthew 25 and 41 the word of God says they then shall he say unto them on the left hand depart from me ye cursed into everlasting fire prepared for the devil and his angels Satan and his angels I mean and his demons my God Satan and his demons hate God. They do everything they can when they are in the earth to oppose everything that God wants to do. Everything that God has done, everything that God continues to do, they want to oppose it. We know that he no longer lives in heaven at the third heaven where he was, where the angels dwell, with Jesus and where God communes. But we know that he has the ability to go to heaven because he goes there to accuse us before God. But I want you to know that God is more powerful than Satan. God is more powerful than any angel that he ever created. God is more powerful than Than the demons who rebelled against God and followed Satan. God has already defeated the enemy. And at the end of this world, he will send him to hell, the lake of fire. I'm telling you, we better get on the ball and understand that this thing is real. That God created the heavens and the earth and everything that dwells within in the six days. When I started getting into the Word and studying that thing and, and really understanding it, it gave me hope to know and understand Adam and Eve, they were there. <laughs> they were there. They were there when God created the heavens and the earth, and they were there when God created the angels. My God, my God. What a mighty God. What an awesome God. What a faithful God. As we continue to get into the Word, I'm telling you, this thing is so deep. It is so deep that you get a little taste and you just want to keep going, keep going, keep going. But everything God starts, he will forever finish to the end of time. Anything that God created, that God started, he will finish it. And I want you to be encouraged today. That what God is creating in us, he will be just as faithful to complete it. In Genesis 2 and 1, the word of God says, Thus the heavens and the earth were finished, and all the host of them. Nothing, absolutely nothing, can stop God from doing what he decides to do. We can always trust God to do what he promises us that he will do. If God said it, he will do it. It is evident in every day that we wake up and we see the beauty of his creation. He didn't stop there. He didn't stop. He he rested on the seventh day, but he rested when everything was done. In Psalms 33 and 11, the word of God says, The counsel of the Lord standeth forever. The thoughts of his heart to all generations. On the seventh day, he rested from the work in which he created. In Genesis 2 and 2, the word of God says, On the seventh day, God ended his work which he had made, and he rested on the seventh day from all his work which he had made. He didn't rest because he was tired. God doesn't get tired. He rested because his work was done, because he was finished. Isaiah 40 and 28, it says, how has the word of God says, Hast thou not known, hast thou not heard that the everlasting God, the Lord, the creator of the ends of the earth, fainteth not, neither is weary. There is no searching of his understanding. God does not get Tired, he doesn't get weary, there is no end to his knowledge. You remember when we were reading in Genesis 2 uh, 4 through 6, and it talked about the water, the uh, earth being watered, it wasn't being watered by rain. It was being watered by a mist that came out of the ground. Before man was created to govern the land, to take care of the land, God said, I make provision. My providence with man is sufficient even on the fifth day come on now for me to develop man on the sixth day (laughs) when the Bible tells us how God created everything it calls him God when it says that he created everything it calls him God then it calls him Lord notice that Say when he when he created everything, it calls him God. He's God, all powerful, all knowing, everywhere, all the time. God. Then it calls him Lord. He is the ruler of all things. Aren't you glad God loved us? He loved us so much that he planted a very uh, special and beautiful garden. He planted that garden in Eden because he loved Adam so much. And Adam represents man. God put Adam right in the garden. And he had the right to put Adam there because he created Adam. He knew what was best for Adam. That's why he put him in the garden of Eden. That's why he created it for him. But what did we do? (laughs) God had the right to do whatever he wanted to do with his creation. Because he knew what his creation needed. He knew what he had prepared for his people. I'm so grateful to God. For all of the things that he has done for us. For how he created the heavens and the earth for us. I get excited when I get into the word because going back to what I said the last time, I believe. I believe Jesus to be real. And I believe if Jesus believed it, I believe it too. (laughs) I believe that God created the Garden of Eden because he loved us and because he had a right to tell us what to do. He had a right to put us where he wanted us to be. And before... He had the rain to water the ground. He he allowed provision by having the mist come out. And God, when Adam was here, he he commanded Adam to take care of the garden. He said, take care of it. It wasn't difficult work to do because it wasn't no weeds or insects or pests or anything like that. He said, "Take care of the garden," and in my mind, I feel like that means enjoy it. Enjoy it. Can you imagine? I remember when my mom was here; she loved creating things. She had beautiful flowers, and 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 a, uh, uh, you know, when we were growing up, she would take care of it and keep these flowers. And she got joy out of doing that. So when God told Adam to take care of the Garden of Eden, he was telling him, enjoy it. Enjoy it until sin came. And then he said, for the rest of your life, you're going to have to till the land. That means you're going to have to work for it. He created an amazing variety of plants in the garden to show us love to us. We done got spoiled now. We we done got spoiled from God's love. We don't appreciate just the awe and the beauty of the earth that he created for us. As I'm providing these supplements on today, a couple of days ago on Friday, we had a ruling here in the United States where They overturned Roe versus Wade, uh, which is the renowned judgment that proclaimed the right of the woman to secure or, or make decisions concerning her body as it relates to whether or not she would have an abortion or not. And it established that the father being the the seed bearer or the seed giver of the child does not have equal rights to the woman's body. And therefore, he could not prohibit her from getting an abortion. And most of our abortion laws are tied to that very ruling. And the abortion laws that allow for abortions are based on that law. (laughs) So having it overturned has allowed for many states to retract that law and to prohibit abortions in their states, and not only prohibit it, but to make it illegal. We have gotten so complacent with our own worldly structure that we believe it to be okay to take another life because we don't suffer the immediate consequences of our actions. We think that we're okay. The beauty of what God created in the earth. It is reflected and demonstrated in our ability to recreate, to redevelop, to create life. It is the most precious gift that God has given us. When my daughter asked me the questions about where I stood on the matter, I told her, "I said posing pro-life versus pro-choice, as it is defined today, in opposition to one another, is is not." an equal part argument. is—it's it's not, they're, they're not arguing equally opposing positions. And what I mean by that is I am absolutely pro-life. I believe that we do not have the right to take another life. We do not have the right to take a life. God gave life, and God is the only one who can take life. I don't care if it is a child, an unborn child. I don't care if it's a full-fledged adult. I don't care if the circumstances uh, come from health issues or uh, rape or any conditions outside of your control. As much as I don't care if someone comes into your house and threatens your family or takes a life or, or or is your life or their life. We do not have the right to take a life. It's evident in God's word as he continues to teach us the foundation of his word. What God said then, He means now. Because he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. If we just go with the premise of thou shalt not kill. There were not a lot of parameters around that or, or supplemental information. It is thou shalt not kill. The Bible tells us that the blood of those who were murdered cry out to God from the earth. So we know and understand that God is pro-life so I'm pro-life. But within every person God has given us free will. He's given us the ability to make decisions on what direction we will go. What we will do and with that, my response says, "If God is pro-choice, I, who am I? I do not hang my hat on the laws of the land. Because we are fallible and we are a fallen uh, uh, species. I don't rely on our laws. To balance out my morality or 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 tune up my moral compass. I believe that when we go before the Lord, we will have to account for everything that we have done. And therefore, I am not opposed to the reversal of Roe versus Wade. As a matter of fact, I applaud it. I have brothers and uh, sons, uncle. I always say uncle because I only have one. But if faced with the decision to take the life of their seed, my heart and my compassion would go towards them and their love for their child and not wanting to lose their child and not have any control over it. But I don't know why I was going down that path because I wanted to talk about the Garden of Eden. Oh, I know. I was saying how spoiled we've gotten. We've gotten away from what God desired for us in the earth. Why he created it to begin with. But in the garden, right in the midst of the garden, he had there the tree of life and the tree of knowledge of good and evil. And we know that God gave Adam clear instructions. He told him, he said, you can eat from every tree in the garden except the tree of of the knowledge of good and evil. Can you imagine? When, When I was a child... I had the freedom and the, the the luxury of not knowing good or evil. Everything was good. everything was, you know, uh, my son he, he he uses the term having a healthy sense of fear. As a child, I didn't have a healthy sense of fear, but as I grew older, I had more experiences, witnessed and experienced more things, I understood good and evil a lot better. Can you imagine, can you imagine if on today that knowledge of evil was refrained from us? <laughs> some folk, some folks can never have depression, never have uh, anxiety. He told them, God said, if you eat from there, you surely will die. Something dies in us. Something dies in us. Our faith dies when we know the, the possibility of the evil that we'll face. This is continuing to impact us on Today. And if we don't get nothing else from Adam, we ought to get that we need to listen when God tells us what's right and what's wrong. When he tells us what's right and what's wrong, don't lean to your own understanding. Don't try to figure it out on your own because guess what? You don't know better than God. Adam made the choice rather to obey God just like Satan. Just like Lucifer. Even though God told him explicitly what the penalty of his his disobedience would be. And that was was death. If he sinned, he'd be separated from God, the source of life. So you got to get that. When he says, surely you will die, he meant you ought to separate from me. I am the source of life. And when the, when the angels sinned, what did God do? He did the same thing. He cast them right on out of heaven. So that no longer could they live with God. And he went one step further. He said, look, I'm going to create this lake of fire to, to punish you. Adam became an enemy of God. He was no longer a friend of God. He was like Satan. God said, you got to get away from me. Spiritual death from God. Spiritual death from God. It's so powerful. We don't, we don't even know. A lot of times we don't even know that we are separated from God. We don't even know that we're spiritually death, dead. <laughs> we get the, the scripture twisted. Nothing can separate me from the love of God. Nothing can separate me from God. Death will separate you from God. Death will separate you from God's love. Spiritual death is from God. Physical death is in the body. And we know that when when Adam died... He was separated from God. So he died, I'm I'm sorry, when he ate from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, he died instantly. He died a spiritual death. And he died eventually a physical death. Because we are three-part beings. He was was able to exist as God sent him off to another place, but eventually he physically died. God knew what he had prepared for Satan, for Lucifer and his angels and his demons. He knew that he had prepared the lake of fire for them. And if Adam sinned, Along with the devil, he was destined to be punished the same. Because the penalty of sin is death, the wages of sin is death. Psalms 119.73 says, Thy hands have made me and fashioned me. Give me understanding that I may learn thy commandments. This is what we need to ask God. Give us understanding. Listen, stop trying to weaponize your ignorance in such a way that it tries to disprove everything in the Bible. Seek God for knowledge and understanding. Proverbs 1 and 7, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge, but fools despise wisdom and instruction. We don't have to be afraid of God. Because God loves us. Look at all that he did for us. He loves us. He still loves us this day. The fear should not come in being afraid of God. But we ought to have fear of disobeying his commandments. Knowing how awesome and how great God is. God not only created the Garden of Eden, the heavens, and the earth. He not only created man, but he also created Eve. In the very beginning, God establishes marriage in Genesis 2 and 18. And the Lord God said, it is not good that the man should be alone. I will make him and help meat for him a help me God said that it was not good for man to be alone so he decided that Adam needed a wife Genesis 2 and 24 the word of God says therefore shall a man leave his father and his mother and he shall cleave unto his wife and they shall be one flesh we talk about, well, how does man become one flesh? Oftentimes, it manifests itself through the procreation of life. This is why the enemy tries to come against life so much. Because he knows that God gave us this ability to become one flesh to become one does that mean that if you don't have children you don't become one no that's not true the oneness of flesh oftentimes is manifested seen experienced through the birth of a child that union and becoming one is what makes you one Matthew 19 and 6 the word of God says wherefore they are no more twined, but one flesh what therefore God hath joined together let no man put asunder (laughs) over the years people have had all kinds of things to say about my marriage even me I done talked it down to I say, people better be careful what they put their mouths on and what they try to disrupt or try to destroy. Because the word of God said, what God has put together, let no man put asunder. I'm very careful not to speak against marriages. Now, up until that time, I may have some (laughs) words. I don't speak against marriages because that is a covenant between man and God. But if you notice, God didn't come to Adam and and consult with him and say, hey, Adam, do you want a wife? Just like he didn't ask him, do do you want to go in Eden in the garden that is in Eden where I want to place you to dwell? He didn't ask him, did he want those things? He knew what was best for him because he was the creator of life. He knows what's best for our lives. He said, I'm going to give you a wife. And because God loved Adam and wanted to complete him, he made a wife for him. God always, at all times, knows what we need. And he knows the best way to provide for our needs. God knew that Adam would need Eve, even though he didn't give it give her to him right away. He knew he knew he, that he would need a wife. And God knew how he was gonna build us. <laughs> he brought all the Adams, the animals to Adam, and gave, and Adam gave them names. In Genesis 2, 19 and 20, the word of God says, And out of the ground the Lord God formed every beast of the field and every fowl in the air and brought them unto Adam to see what he would call them and whatsoever Adam called every living creature that was the name thereof and Adam gave names to all the cattle and to all the fowl in the air and to every beast of the field but for Adam there was not one uh, not found and help me for him we've learned and I can't say it or stress it enough that God gave Adam dominion he gave him dominion over all of the animals and none of the animals were an appropriate helper for man because man was different than the animals he was different from the animals because he was made in God's image. Man was made to know God, to love God, to obey God. Animals, in all that he'll attempt to do, they cannot know and love God like a man can. Animals aren't... Interested in the same things that interest man. They can't conversate with man. They can't worship with man. They can't be with man. Adam needed someone who was like him. He needed somebody he could talk to. Somebody who had the same interests. Someone who could worship God with him. He couldn't find a partner in himself. So God gave him somebody who was just for him. I see a lot in this generation where uh the the young people are getting away from the partnership of man and wife how God originally um intended things to be all of this same sex marriage and, and and um premarital sex fornication all this mess God is not pleased with it he designed us to come into covenant together to become one with him. He knew exactly what Adam needed and God did not want him to be alone. And think about it, God created Adam because he didn't want to be alone. God can give us whatever we need. The way we need it, how we need it. He even had... Adam to go to sleep so that he can take a rib from his body and made it into a woman. Genesis 2 and 21, the word of God says, And the Lord God caused a deep sleep to fall upon Adam, and he slept, and he took one of his ribs and closed up the flesh instead thereof. And the rib which the Lord God had taken from man, he made woman. And brought her unto the man. The first woman was made as a gift. To the first man. Every woman that walks the face of this earth God. Created us and allowed us to be. As a gift to the man. And see some men don't understand. How to honor a gift. How to use a gift. How to um, protect and provide. For a gift. God expected and always intended that Adam as as well as man love and take care of the woman. The woman had intellect, she had feelings, she had will, just like a man. And she could fellowship with Adam and with God, just like Adam could. God established marriage. He, he, He set marriage. Genesis 2, 23 through 24. And Adam said, this is now bone of my bones and flesh of my flesh. She shall be called woman because she was taken out of man. Therefore, shall a man leave his father and his mother and also cleave to his wife and they shall be one flesh. God made the woman for the man and he wanted them to live together as as husband and wife to build a home, to have children. Genesis 1 and 28, and God blessed them and God said unto them, be fruitful and multiply and replenish the earth and subdue it and have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the fowl of the air and every living thing that moveth upon the earth. Everything God made was good. Eve was a good wife. Marriage was made to be a good thing. James 1 and 17, it says, Every good gift and every perfect gift comes from above and cometh down from the Father of lights, with whom is no variableness, neither shadow of turning. Genesis 2 and 25, And they were both naked, the man and his wife, and were not ashamed. Nakedness should only be seen by a person's husband or wife. Come on now. Marriage was designed by God for one man, for one woman, for one lifetime. God is against divorce. Let me be clear. God is against abortion. God is against same-sex marriage. God is against divorce, amongst many, many other things that we do in our rebellious state. God created and he designed the family to have a father, a mother, and children. He established the institution of family As a gift to humankind. And what we've learned is that if any of those are missing. That we are not uh, receiving the fullness of the gift that God has given us. If the father is missing or a mother is missing. Or a husband and a wife are missing children. It's so much fulfillment in having a complete and whole family. I'm going to stop here and come back. I know we talked about the angels and we talked about God creating man, the Garden of Eden and Eve. We want to talk a little bit more about the disobedience, God's promises and curses, his care and judgment. Amen. All right, well, I love you all. We've been here an hour. I meant to do 20 minutes, (laughs) but this thing is getting good. All right, love you. Bye-bye.